Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Time to highlight another sweetheart plea deal that uh, led to a murder in Marion County. Um, let's back up just for a second because we, we had a lot going on yesterday, some technical issues. I, I, and we talked about this briefly, but yesterday, uh, the poor family of murder victim Ashley Richardson and her killer. Her killer uh, was arrested, serves, was going to serve 60 years in prison. Way, way, way too short of a sentence, I think. I don't know. I think that's, I don't know if that's the max or what. I think it should be put to death. Uh, Ashley Richardson shot and killed by her fiance. Uh, after he was bonded out of jail and put on GPS monitoring just a month before her murder. Remind everybody why that guy was in jail in the first place and how he got bonded out with the GPS monitoring system. So while he was in a relationship with Ashley, he brutally beat her with a hammer. Oh, okay. So the answer for the prosecutors and the judge and uh, uh, everybody else involved was to say, hey, you know what, look, while we're working all this out, um, we're going to let you out on GPS. GPS monitoring, the the, the the beat her with the hammer, right? And then he turned physically around, assaulted her with a hammer. A month a month later, shot and killed by this guy. Now he's going to jail for sixty years. He should be put to death. That's obvious. Uh, Fox fifty nine did a really good job investigating some of this stuff in terms of uh, you know highlighting others that have been released from jail on GPS monitoring and and then went on to kill people. But this guy was a true scumbag and the Richardson family god bless them man uh, you know they they're saying the whole system is designed for failure and they're right um they're 100% right you know his one of the uh, you know Ashley's um uh, relative said quote who is responsible for this the courts failed my sister uh and then they go on to quote some judge this Marion County judge Mark Stoner who by the way Stoner was involved in sentencing of the uh, guy that killed Shanavaz, by the way, he, he he's gave, involved in a lot of high uh, profile. Yeah, ones. Like he he he, you know, Shanavaz could have got the killer could have got thirty three and a half years. He gave him twenty five, out in half that time for good behavior. Oh, okay. So so listen to this quote. Uh, there's always one. There's always a chance that someone will be out on bond and commit some horrific offense at Stoner. That's always the judge's nightmare. Yeah. Well, guess what? If it's your nightmare, then sentence him to the max. Right. And Quit. keep them behind bars. Keep them behind bars, dude. Give me a break. And then Ryan Mears talking about Ashley Richardson's killer. Well, this resolution provides finality to the criminal matter, but if you're a loved one is a victim of an intimate partner violence and you got to reach out for assistance, it's your policies, it's your sweetheart deals, it's your playing down that led to the murder of Ashley Richardson. No question uh, about it whatsoever. Her family feels the same way. Ryan Mears makes me puke. I'm sorry. All these guys do. Every single one of these people that go out of their way to justify going soft on these people. And the story we have today yeah, is today. that there's another plea deal for a murderer from Marion County, and it's led to more killings. So we had the story earlier this week about the Plainfield shootings at the hotel over the weekend. Yeah, right. Two dead, two injured. Well, the guy that did that... Delani Rogers, 28-year-old of Indianapolis. First of all, he's still on the loose. They're still looking oh, yeah, for they this don't have guy. A guy. They don't know where he's at yet, but court records show that the accused killer was previously charged with a different murder 
in late 2014 here in Indianapolis. The suspect eventually pled guilty to reckless homicide in exchange for the murder charge being dismissed. And the reason that I really want to stress 2014, as much as I want to beat up on Ryan Mears, and as much as he deserves to have all the criticism piled upon him, this has been going on for a long time in Marion County. Republicans and Democrats, we've been going way too easy on very serious, violent felons. We're not talking about somebody that stole a car or broke into a store and stole some stereo equipment or something like that. This guy was charged with murder and he pleaded down to a lesser charge and now he has murdered two other people. Since when did we get in the business of plea bargaining murder in this city? <laughs> this guy, that uh, the guy that killed Officer Shanavaz uh, at the time back, what, in 2007? He uh, was charged with attempted murder and a bunch of other crimes. He shot at police officers. Jury found him not guilty of attempted murder. I don't know who these morons were. They did convict him of a lesser charge of criminal recklessness uh, and possessing a gun as a violent felon. And he could have faced Max at 33 and a half years. 33 and a half years, man. But, you know, Stoner, the Superior Court judge that I just quoted, is saying, oh, it's every judge's nightmare. Well, dude, start sending him to the max that you can. Forget right. about this crap. Oh, he's going to turn his life around 25. No, he sentenced him to 25 years in prison. And uh, Indiana law at the time, defendants cut their sentences in half for good behavior. Out in half that time. And uh, as a result, uh, Officer Shanavaz was shot and killed in the line of duty. Thanks. And what really just makes my blood boil is that you've got the current Marion County prosecutor, Ryan Mears, campaigning that people like us want tougher sentences for violent felons. He put out a fundraising email yeah. to his base right. saying people like the Fraternal Order of Police, they want everybody to be locked away and thrown the, yeah. throw away the key. No, that's not the case at all. If you get busted with weed, if you have a Dewey, if it's a victimless crime, I'll listen to the argument for the GPS monitoring system. I'll listen to the argument for the slap on the wrist. But we're starting to plea bargain murders now. Like, I am not a criminal defense attorney. Maybe this is a question for one of the lawyers that works here. Uh, I know they're not necessarily criminal defense attorneys, but Guy Relford, Abdul, maybe there's somebody listening right now. When did we get in the habit of plea bargaining murder? Because we've had these stories way too often lately. And maybe I'm just a little bit old school here, Nige. I don't feel like we should have to plea murder you kill somebody you do the time now if you're a prosecutor you go full strength you full full speed ahead on something like that uh, yeah no no pleading down i take it to a jury if you have to but at least you know you did all and if the jury says something else than what you recommend then at least you know in your heart in your conscience that you did everything possible to try to uh, lock this psycho away right you don't get to look at these families and go, well, hey. you know, you've got resolution, but I feel for you. No, you don't. Because the prosecutors in Marion County, from Ryan Mears going back to 2014, there's been one right after the other that's decided to go softer and softer and softer on violent crime. And if I'm Cindy Carrasco, who's running to be the Marion County prosecutor, who's on the ballot this November... Listen, maybe it's a caveman approach here, but 
being tough on violent crime sounds like one hell of a platform to me. Uh, we do have some good news here, Nige. Uh, Fishers. Fishers is about to get a pretty big boom, including a new arena for the Indy Fuel hockey team that's been playing at the fairgrounds. Have you made it to the fairgrounds for a fuel game? Yeah, man. I mean, they recently redid that facility there. It looks tremendous. So I thought it was kind of interesting that they decided to move up to Fishers. I don't know what kind of different deal they have there. Now, the the state fair location is used for many different uh, functions, other rather than just hockey, right? which I'm sure this new facility, I, I'm not sure how that'll work. But uh, yeah, this is a big deal for fishers it's a big deal for the indy fuel 1.1 billion in economic and entertainment investments uh including 550 million to further develop and expand the fishers district uh they're talking about adding uh restaurants and like some apartments entertainment options so it isn't just a stadium for the hockey team okay it's a full-on entertainment did complex you do the, I, I think i did like Oh, man, it had to have been in 2020, like uh, December of 2020. They asked me out to do the uh, charity thing where I hit the golf puck through the tiny little giant... Uh, the hockey puck. No. What I say? The, the golf puck. The, the golf... <laughs> the golf puck. That's not even a, a word. That's not even a real thing. Come I, on, I, Biden. I hit the golf puck. <laughs> yeah, I hit yeah, the golf they puck. They said Joe hit that golf puck through <laughs> the hole that was for charity you had to hit the uh the puck through the little tiny opening i about slipped and fell on my buttocks in front of, of uh you know five thousand fans there uh, at the time however many they let in because of uh, capacity but uh, that was fun yeah it was and they do a great job man the atmosphere is always fun there the the pa guy does a great job getting the crowd involved so i hope the place in fishers has that same energy if you're going to go catch a fuel game now, that's supposed to begin in 2024-2025. Father of mine, tell me where have you been? You know I just closed my eyes. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Hammer, I was a little taken aback when I saw this new study. Headline, shocking new study shows that first-time dads can suffer shrinkage. Oh, Man. When you hear the word shrinkage, what do you think of? I was in the pool. <laughs> I was in the pool. George Costanza. I think it's shrinkage uh, in your bathing suit after it gets a little cold right. out there, right? Sure. Seinfeld. A new, new study shows that first-time dads can suffer shrinkage because they're first-time dads. They're up late. They're up at all hours of the day and night along with their uh, spouse taking care of a kid. But I went to read on. Hold on. Everybody calm down. Um, it's not that kind of shrinkage. Oh. It's brain shrinkage. Oh. The study finds that first-time dads could suffer brain shrinkage compared to guys with no kids. So, yeah. I mean, it, well, I, I'll just be honest with everybody. I'm a, a grower, not a shower. I'm not even necessarily a grower uh, when it comes to that that kind of thing. I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about right know. now. What do you mean? A grower, not a shower. <laughs> Look it up. Just Google it, all right? But in terms of brain shrinkage, I think Lord. I'm okay. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Grower, not a shower, Kyle? I do. And, <laughs> and don't Google that, Hammer. <laughs> we got the finally got the new company servers up. I'm afraid to. Uh, the Hammer and Nigel show in terms of brain shrinkage when, it's, and when, it, when dealing with uh, newborn children, being a first-time dad, we have a new public service announcement. 
A new study shows that first-time dads can experience major shrinkage. Shrinkage? Shrinkage? Oh, no! This is going to ruin my life. Yes. Brain shrinkage is a symptom of being a first-time father. Oh, brain shrinkage. <laughs> yeah, I can live with that. Yeah, that's... Most- most people would rather have brain shrinkage than uh, crank shrinkage, I think. Right, because it feels like I can always read a few more books and try to grow the brain back. <laughs> sure. Like, once that unit starts to decrease, There's man, no remedy for that. Right. I can read all the books I want. <laughs> I ain't turning into what I once was. I promise you that. Uh, Dateline, Michigan. A woman took to TikTok to accuse a Michigan subway restaurant of giving her a sandwich Smeared with feces. Oh, a spokesperson on. claims that it was actually just chocolate. <laughs> Speaking of first-time parents, raise your hand if you've ever had to play that chocolate or poop game before. Uh, the sample given to authorities has not yet been tested to determine who's in the right here. Here's the customer. I went to Subway. I ordered a sub. Kind of weird interaction. Go into the parking lot to eat it, and I noticed that the I'm like, oh, the parking lot just smells like sewage i'm like okay so i had a bite and i took it home to eat it there i go and take a bite look in the papers in between the two wrappers on the sandwich there's feces we're not sure if it's dog or if it's human i don't know if i'm buying this or not I, the spokesman said yeah it's chocolate it, i have a problem with the excuse from subway too no nah, it's just chocolate <laughs> what, they make the sandwich right there in front of you in subway it's not like the guy the sandwich artists uh, took your subway to the bathroom and made it in there and then came out with it all wrapped and said, here you go. Point of order, what if she went through the drive-thru? Because some th- subways uh, do have well, a drive-thru. No, that's good, but I believe she said she went inside okay. and then she went and ate it in her car and said, oh, the parking lot smelled like raw sewage and then I get home and there's feces. I can't tell if it's human or dog. They I'm do have chocolate crap. there. They have chocolate chip cookies, which are awesome at Subway. You know, would there be a chance of... Uh, sandwich artist getting chocolate accidentally smeared on the on the wrapper if you are somebody that has worked in a subway we're going to need you to weigh in on this at hammer and nigel (laughs) facebook and twitter if you have worked in the past or you currently work at a subway what do you believe here do you believe that there could have been chocolate on the inside of this young lady's sub or is that poop and she's not being specific Uh, again she's not like did she smell did she smell it after she got home? Or is she just looking at it and saying, oh, this this could be uh, waste. This could be human or dog waste on my... And she wasn't. She didn't say anything about that. She did mention that the restaurant smelt like sewage. Well, she said the parking lot when she went out to eat. Right. In her car did. So we're trying to make yeah, sense know. of this. I, if you mean. are a retired or active sandwich artist, <laughs> uh, please let us know what do we do with this story here at Hammer and Nigel. Uh, real quick, Mondo, hit me with a little legal stuff. Yeah. Punishment. Judges. Sweetheart plea deals. Legal stuff. <laughs> Marion County oh, stuff. A judge has once again denied Taylor Swift's request to strike down a copyright infringement lawsuit over her hit song, Shake It Off. Oh, so she's got to go to court. She's being sued, right? So there was a R&B group called 3LW. Oh, huge fan. (laughs) And they had a song where the lyrics are, Players Gonna Play. And haters going to hate. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big part of the lyrics of her song, Shake It Off. The player's going to hate, hate, hate. Um, so here's a little bit of an example of both songs so you can make your own decision. Players, 
That's 3LW. Man, it already sounds like Taylor Swift. And here's Taylor. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it didn't necessarily sound similar, but the lyrics were identical, weren't they? Right. But, man, I never have any idea how these things are going to go down. Remember, Vanilla Ice got away with it. (laughs) Vanilla Ice got away with just totally ripping off under pressure. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Tony Kennett from Chalkboard Reviewed. Uh, of course, Tony is a former educator and STEM administrator for IPS schools. He is now an education journalist and uh, founder of Chalkboard Review. Tony, how are you? Excellent, gentlemen. Saw something outrageous, man. Like, it's not often that I'm surprised or outraged, but this kind of stuff is out there. The Idaho government is offering porn literacy to students. Uh, Straight from the government public health website, they teach kids how to hide their browsing history on the Internet. Wow. Um, let me let me just play some audio for you uh, to give you some context. They have, you know, they have trainers that think third graders benefit from porn, and here is some of that audio. Critical thinking skills are the largest component of porn literacy. It's the ability for young people to analyze and ask questions about the media that they're viewing. Porn is meant to sexually excite a viewer and create fantasy, right? So let's go ahead and start with elementary age youth. I find that when I've normalized watching porn and being curious, students are a lot more engaged in the conversation, but they're also building trust with me. It's okay if they have watched porn, and it's okay if they have thought about porn. I always make sure to say someone being curious about sex and or porn does not make them a bad person. It makes them human. It's so important we normalize that this is a natural human experience. So important to uh, sexualize elementary-aged school kids. Tony, when people say to you, oh, this is overblown, this kind of thing doesn't happen in the classrooms well here you go yeah i mean and this is the weird thing is that like they they put it in this kind of false dichotomy well where it's like well you want kids to know what's out there you don't want them to accidentally fall into something bad and it's like well of course no one wants children to accidentally fall into something bad but it's rather telling when someone says hey look porn's already out there so we better make sure that kids see it and know how to analyze it and break it down with awkward knowing comments in between like that's that's good sex education did you hear her when she said like it's kind of a fantasy and then she paused and she's like right like she's like reminiscing over porn she's viewed in her own private time and other than the fact that that's way too much information from anyone this is a teacher this is someone supposed to be working with children like a teacher that Idaho backs. And I'm, I mean, I've got extreme concerns for those that say that the education system has become a grooming apparatus. This is very strong evidence in their favor. And it's not like this is happening in San Francisco or New York City, where not saying that it would be okay, but you would expect it in those types of places. This is in Idaho that they're doing this, Tony. This tells me that this type of thing, maybe not necessarily porn viewing in the classroom, but the sexualization aspect involving children is happening everywhere. 
I mean, it wasn't too long ago that Chalkboard Review reported on a uh, an individual in Indiana that was hosting sexual education summer camps in which she like suggestively puts on condoms on vegetables that children are holding. Um, So that's definitely everywhere. But I think this is more of a a pandemic of sorts in a lot of red states where education departments have just been left alone to do whatever for years and years and no one checks up on them. Well, this is what happens when no one actually checks up on what your education administration is doing. They come up with this garbage. And this kind of takes us into our next story that we have for you. So there's this viral video. It started on TikTok. Now it's kind of all over the place. It's a teacher uh, basically doing a testimonial on camera. She's concerned about what her response is going to be when students ask what her sexuality is, what her sexual preferences are. This teacher is really conflicted in this video of what she should say to her students when they ask about her sex life, Tony. Uh, How about none of your business? (laughs) What's wrong with none of your uh, business? I mean, I can think about the number of times that any of my students ever were ever concerned about my (laughs) love life at all. Uh, That was zero. Um, And even so, I mean, not my sexual preferences. Like, that's it's it's so far beyond that. This idea of affirmation that that these young teachers feel like they desperately need their students to think they're amazing in every facet of life, including their sexual preferences. And it's always the young teachers, too, Tony. It's always these young teachers, short time out of college. You never hear, like, the chick that's been a teacher for 55 years saying, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to say if they ask who I want to have sex with tonight. (laughs) Yeah, because the teacher that's been teaching for 40 or 50 years doesn't get her affirmation from her students. She doesn't get her purpose or her worth from her class. These young teachers get out of college, and they think they don't have any community. They don't have a church they go to. They don't have family that they talk to often. And so what they do is they surround themselves with their students as their pets, as their children, as their special friends. And it's so creepy and weird. I saw this in in every one of the schools in Indiana I've taught. I have seen this on display. Teachers that I taught with right down the hall that were more interested in being mommy than they were interested in just teaching the academic standards that were required of them. And this is the kind of stuff that you get. And you're right. I mean, of course, this is a none of your business question. My students ask me stupid and inappropriate questions, especially when I was at Lawrence North. My God, I got some of the most raunchy questions when I was at Lawrence. Really? And my, oh, yeah. I mean, because they're, they're freshman biology students and they ask raunchy questions because, you know, they're high school students. And I would answer no or none of your business or that question is inappropriate or go ask your parents like that was it. I don't understand why that isn't a viable option. I don't know what my gender preference has to do with teaching third grade English. So you're telling me you would not have made a TikTok video basically asking for help on what the proper response would be if a freshman asked if you were gay or if you were straight. So, I mean, it's not like we've only had really great examples on how to field this stuff for all time. I don't need to go to TikTok to listen to (laughs) second or third year teacher's advice on how to talk to her kids about her pronouns. Good Lord. And I guess the, the, the general point is here, I don't think it's I don't know that this kind of thing we've been talking about here in this segment is rampant. 
I don't know if that's a word you'd use, but for people to say, hey, there's no such thing as CRT. It's not being taught in schools. There's no such thing as sexual indoctrination. It's not uh, being implemented in in schools. That simply is not true. You know, you break up a really good point here. No, I don't think that it's rampant in every single school all over the country. I don't. But I do think that it has become more commonplace and that it manifests itself in more extreme ways more often than it used to. Yeah. You know, there was a there was a time when that wasn't a concern. And really for our state house legislators who are, you know, having discussions with constituents and they say, well, I just don't see this happening anywhere. It's a very ignorant thing to say. It requires a very basic level of research to see various examples of schools in Indiana where sexual nonsense has become part of the daily routine. And now you have uh, Governor Holcomb vetoing. Uh, uh, bills that have uh, addressed this issue and sort of issues peripheral to this. Um, let's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. embarrassing. I, I can't believe it. Um, uh, speaking with Tony Kennett from Chalkboard Review, just a quick update on a story you and I and Hammer discussed last week was the uh, teachers union in Washington and uh, Seattle teachers uh, going on strike. They just went back to work. I think they reached a deal last night. Um, so they're a week late in getting the kids back to class. They're back in class today. What, t- talk about, you know, the difference between like the Indiana teachers unions and teachers unions in more progressive liberal states and then the, na- the national teachers unions. Uh, do we have to worry about anything like that happening? I mean, we had Red for Ed a couple of years ago where the teachers went out on strike or maybe not strike, but they left the classroom for today. Talk about the teachers unions here, because I think there's a d- distinct difference between teachers unions and teachers, right? So talk about the unions here in Indiana and if there's ever a concern about that happening here. Absolutely. So the first thing you should know is that there are national level unions that have a lot of smaller chapters. So the NEA has chapters in both Washington and then they also have chapters in Indiana. So the NEA is where you get the red for ed thing. So the Indiana State Teachers Association is part of the NEA, just like the Washington Teachers Association is also part of the NEA. And Becky Pringle, who's the president of the NEA, said a lot of weird, wild and crazy things. Yeah, I but remember that. they don't they don't have a lot of control in Indiana anymore. Their membership is absolutely plummeting, which is I mean, it's, it's funny. <laughs> There's no other word for that, because they they do what you've seen before. They hold districts hostage. They distract from the real issues at bay to preen about social issues and basically use their programs as some kind of a democrat voting platform and that's really all that they're good for anymore it's not like coal miners in the 60s where the unions were an extremely necessary thing to giving people what they need to live you know nowadays the teachers unions are just saying give us hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year for nothing and it's, it's quite amazing so i don't really see a concern of strikes in indiana at least at that level um your biggest quote-unquote threat so to speak as far as riling the teachers up is probably jennifer mccormick um because she likes to you know get on air and scream and preen about why everything's terrible even though most indiana teachers are perfectly fine so uh, that's probably as far as it's going to go tony cannett chalkboard review talk a little bit about your website that you co-founded and you had some news this week right Absolutely. So Chalkboard Review is an education publication that publishes education opinions from all over the political perspective. As of this week, we have joined the Franklin News Foundation, and uh, now we are a nationally syndicated education publication, which means 
that you can find our stuff from radio station to television stations to uh, local news and media all over the country. Well, if you get so big that you're just all over the joint, please make some time for us here in Indianapolis every week, okay? That's all we ask yeah, for, man, Tony. We like this segment, Tony. Oh, I'm sticking with you guys. Don't you worry. And congrats <laughs> on uh, being rated the uh, best drive time show in Indianapolis. Yeah, again. man. Right on. Thank you, man. Thank you. We appreciate that. Tony Kennett, Chalkboard Review on Twitter at the Tonus. Tony, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And it's time for Damn Nature, You Scary. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. The dingo ate your baby. And now Hammer and Nigel proudly presents. Damn, Nature, you scary. On 93 WIBC. Lions. And tigers. And bears. Oh, my. Hammer, did you hear about this guy in Australia? Tragically killed in one of the first fatal kangaroo attacks in over 85 years. So, I mean, not only that, but the kangaroo actually prevented paramedics from reaching this guy. This guy's 77 years old. So after the kangaroo killed him, he they wouldn't let the paramedics get near him. Uh, this guy was believed to be keeping this thing as a pet. Here is a behavioral uh, behavioral ecolo- e- ecologist commenting on the rare attack. It's a strange story. I, I can't speculate too much. Um, my guess is if this kangaroo was being treated as a pet, then it had become very habituated to people. It didn't see people as threatening. Animals in that situation start becoming aggressive. Maybe it was reacting to people as if they were kangaroos. First of all, I have serious doubts that this is the first fatal kangaroo attack in 85 years. Maybe it's the first one reported, but it feels like every once in a while we see a viral video of some crazy Australian knuckling up against the kangaroo. (laughs) And the kangaroo always wins with those strong legs. Except for this one time. This one viral video went around. I'm going to see if I can find it, where the kangaroo stole the guy's dog, and he was running off into the wild, and this crazy (laughs) Australian dude goes up there, and he 30-style boxes this thing. Like, he puts up (laughs) Jack Johnson fists, and he punches the kangaroo right in the face, and the kangaroo throws its arms up and lets the dog go. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. I just don't know if those things are real or not. Like anything I see on the internet or not, I go, oh, fake, oh, deep fake, oh, this is, I I don't know, I know exactly what you're talking about, I just don't know if that's real or not. Seeing the look of the kangaroo's face when this crazy Australian just pops him in the nose, he throws his hands up in the air, (laughs) it's so good. Once I find it during the break, I'll put it up on Twitter. Uh, But yeah, you can't be keeping these things as pets, even if you are a crazy Australian guy, right? Because ultimately, no. we know what's going to happen. They're going to turn on you. You can't keep a bear as a pet. A lion. A lion, a tiger. Siegfried and Roy, look what happened. You, you can't know? keep a kangaroo as a pet because eventually, it's either going to scratch you or kick the living bejesus out of you. <laughs> Damn, nature, you scary. All right, coming up here in just a moment, the pillow guy, Mike Lindell, raided by the feds. Mike Pillow? Mike Pillow, raided by the feds, at least he claims he was. We're going to get into that. And Stacey Abrams doesn't believe the internet exists, apparently, because she's saying a lot of ludicrous things that can be fact-checked like that. We'll have all of that coming up. Do not go anywhere. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is right over there. The Pillow Guy. My Pillow Guy. Didn't we? Weren't we? Weren't they sponsors of the show at one point? Mike Lindell and the Mike. Yeah. We got like some free My Pillows a few years ago, right? I've got one at home. I love it. Do you, do you really? Yeah. I use mine as kind of like a cradle, like a, like I, you know, like a, I cuddle it. If that makes sense. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with my wife in my bed, but I'll cradle <laughs> that giant My Pillow when I go to bed. Uh, so he's saying he was raided by the feds. Is that right? So he, he put out this video last night saying that uh, he was going to Hardee's. Next thing you know, <laughs> boom goes the dynamite. Here come the feds. Uh, you're going to hear this, and you're probably already hearing it in the news. The FBI came after me and took my phone. They surrounded me at a Hardee's and uh, took my phone. I run all my business, everything with... Um, um, they could have just, what we've done is weaponize the FBI. Um, it's disgusting. I don't have a computer. Everything I do up that phone, everything was on there. And, uh, um, and they told me not to tell anybody. Here's an order not to, don't tell anybody. Okay, I won't. <laughs> well, I am. So, so let me get this straight. I just want to make sure that I've got this here, Nige. The feds have not raided the home of anybody related to Jeffrey Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell. They have not raided the home of Hillary Clinton or Hunter Biden. Uh, they've not raided the home of the Parkland shooter or anything like that. But we sure as hell went after the My Pillow guy. Uh, I do think they raided the home of the Parkland shooter. But I don't believe the, they rated his home. But the my pillow guy and going to Hardee's too. Like I have lots of questions about that. Were you going for the Angus burger? Was it in the afternoon, or were you going for uh, the uh, cinnamon roll and the hash browns in the morning? Hardy's breakfast is really good in terms of fast food breakfast. I mean, in a hand-breaded chicken biscuits? Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, I'm getting off track here. Uh, the bottom line is Mike Lindell. Uh, has a different view. He was on Trump's side during the whole uh, election process, and he questioned whether or not the election was legitimate. And for that sin, Mike Lindell and probably about 30 other Trump associates now now out in the news have, have been raided and had things confiscated by the FBI for simply you know having a different viewpoint. And they keep making the argument of if you try to overturn an election, if you wanted to overturn the election, then you're part of a domestic terror group. Well, let's pump the brakes here just a little bit, because how many of these Democrats who objected to counting Donald Trump's electoral votes in 2017 have had the feds bust them at a fast food drive through? I wish to ask, is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter? There is no debate. There is no debate. The gentlewoman will suspend. The, the chair the chair has previously ruled a signature from a senator is required objection cannot be received i object to the votes from the state of wisconsin which were not should not be legally mr president i object to the certificate from the state of georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes no, no were not debate. there's no debate i object to the certificate uh, from the state of north carolina i object to the 15 votes from the state of north carolina um i object I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. Is, this, is Merrick Garland going to look into all those people? Are we going to go uh, through like, their yeah, homes, every single them? one of them? Are we going to take their phones, every single one of them? 
it's getting to the breaking point when it comes to this whole investigation uh. here, man. So you're telling me that the my pillow guy, Mike Lindell, is such a threat to national security, <laughs> democracy, that you can't let him finish ordering a thick burger before you have to go in there and take his phone and threaten him a little bit. Okay, we'll see what happens. Uh, Stacey Abrams, she's no, another one who claims go. that uh, an election wasn't fair, but nobody's trying to take anything away from her. It's in Georgia, right? Pray yeah, for the yeah. person that tries to stop her from getting a Hardee's burger. Uh, here's Stacey Abrams claiming that she never said that Jeez. she was robbed of an election. I saw that there was a challenge with our voting system in the state of Georgia. I never denied the election. Never uh, okay. denied an election. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Stacey Abrams. You have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. <laughs> you refuse to concede and say that you lost. Do you stand by that decision today? Uh, absolutely. The election was not fair. The process was not fair. Was the election in Georgia statewide a free and fair election? It was not a free and fair election. But will I say that this election was not tainted? was not a disinvestment and a disenfranchisement of thousands of voters, I will not say that. You uh, notably did not concede. I did not. Okay, you acknowledged <laughs> that he won, but you did not concede. Correct. Five months later, do you still feel like your opponent won through voter suppression? Yes. Yeah, so she's claiming disenf you know, voter disenfranchisement, voter suppression, blah, 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 blah. Voter and then fraud. She, yeah, voter, yeah, and then she goes on The View and says, well, look, it's different. You know, Trump is saying, you know, he's trying to say that people tried to vote more than once for him, and but but I say it was because oh. it's different with me because okay. it was because I couldn't prove what happened, but I knew from the calls that I got sure. that something happened. Okay, so it's the it's same ridiculous. as Gavin Newsom saying, yeah, I went out to a fancy French laundry dinner, but that was different than you wanting to go to <laughs> church or you wanting to take your kids to school. It's totally different. So here's here's what's going on. I think here's what you really need to, what people don't understand is that like the difference between her running for governor and like a guy like Warnock running against um, Herschel Walker for the Senate race is that she's trying to fire up her, her Democratic base. Uh, by, but Warnock is trying to go more middle of the road, acting like he's some sort of moderate. But Republicans are still exactly associate her with what you just played, those clips you just played. That's all Republicans associate her. So while Warnock running for Senate is trying to go more moderate, play towards the middle. Which is a total she, show, by she, the way. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course it is. She, it, no, uh, everybody associates her with denying the election, and then um, and, you know there's no way that she's going to persuade any Republicans to vote for her, which might be a possibility actually with Warnock. Be given the efforts of Donald Trump, you know, trying to do the same thing that she is doing, or the perception that, at least that she's doing the same thing that Trump did, We're and now she's she's backing away from it, and there's been testing. Less there's, than 60 uh, days yeah. away, Nye, she's going to lose to the same hillbilly again. 
Have you seen the polling? She's getting her ass handed to her in Georgia. And now the Democrats are polling their their funding from her campaign. That's the report. They're taking yeah. the Stacey Abrams money and they're shifting it over to Arizona because they feel like that's better use of their money what at this point. What makes you think Kemp is a hillbilly? Come on. I got a big truck. <laughs> going to round up some illegals and take them back to where the cat was in his campaign commercial. That was his commercial. And he won with that. He won with that. And he's about to beat the chosen one of the Democratic Party for the second straight time. Plus, when she posed maskless with all the elementary school kids that were forced to wear a mask sitting around her. She's such a hypocrite. She she doesn't clearly understand that the internet is forever. Well, I never said that, you know, this wasn't a fair election. Well, actually, you did. We just played a little montage of it right there. That's not testing well. That's not polling well. And that's why you're seeing a backtrack now. Emmer and Nigel presents. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run a story or two by you. You will break down all the information that's been presented, and you'll tell us if the story in question is anything or not. Is this anything? A single dad is going viral for his TikTok video where he tries to find a date to take his daughter and her friend to an amusement park. Here's the dad pleading his case. I'm currently looking for a plus one to accompany my 15-year-old daughter, her friend, and myself to Kings Island. I am a single, divorced, 44-year-old from Ohio. And I'm looking for a single woman, preferably at least 34 years old, that enjoys roller coasters. Don't let the gray hairs in the beard fool you. I do also have the dad bod to go with it. Hey, this yo. also comes with a fast lane plus pass so we can skip the roller coaster lines all day long. Uh, yeah, I read a little bit more about this. Uh, I mean, no, it's not really anything. I don't think you get any dates out of it. Uh, and by the way, just the cynical side of me using a Kings Island fast pass to try to get lucky. It's <laughs> just something weird about that. And then involving your 15 year old daughter. Uh, it, it was just, I, he says, he says it was 80% a joke, but 20% he was just fishing out there. I, I don't know, Hammer. What do you think? I, I, for one, I'm glad I don't have to worry about this crap anymore. He was totally trying to get a date with this. Let's not get it twisted here. It's only 80% a joke because it didn't work. (laughs) It would have been 100% real if indeed somebody would have contacted him and said, yeah, let's go and make sure and bring your fast pass because I ain't going without the fast pass. So let me switch it up on you a little bit here, Nigel. Let's Uh, say that 26-year-old Nigel is single. And you're at home, and you're scrolling through your your social media dating apps, and there's a chick that says, hey, (laughs) I got two kids. We're going to go to Kings Island. I'm pretty hot. I feel pretty good. I'm looking for a plus one. Do you hit your wagon with her? Uh, Depends on how old the kids were. If they were same age as this if, one. If they were okay, so fifth, uh, so the kids could go out on their own and they'd leave me alone. <laughs> they leave I me mean, I the, don't know. the date alone. Yeah, okay. I might I might think about it. Sure. Are you a big roller coaster guy? Not See, anymore. That's a deal breaker yeah, for me because I've right. retired. I didn't think about that. I've been to Kings Island probably at about uh 
10 years the last time i went it was just kind of a fun thing for me and my brother and my sister to do we just went because it was august and there was nobody there and we kind of revisited our childhood and i was scared to death on every one of them the beast uh i think uh the vortex was still in operation while i was there i was uh, terrified yeah, yeah, my no, I, coaster no. days have come to an end. Yeah. I've retired ever since I got stuck on that one down in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, what, uh, you were upside down, right? Or like, yeah, it was inverted, yeah. Top Gun style, like probably just a couple feet from the ground. It's like 105, <laughs> sweats pouring off me, bloods rushing to my head. Oh, it was miserable. Plus, that's when I was at my absolute fattest too. So. <laughs> Being a fat guy in a hot day. Was your belly touching the ground while you were inverted? It was close. <laughs> like the sweat was rolling down my belly button and dripping onto the ground, blood rushing to my head. Oh, man, it how was long, miserable. How long did you have to stay like that? Probably about a good 20 minutes. Oh, that's brutal. And yeah, I'm yelling, I'm swearing at people. I know they were like kids around me on that ride, yeah. but I'm cussing and I'm yelling. I mean, look, I'll go on them <laughs> with my kids if they get to that age and they want somebody to come with them. I'll go. I'll suck it up. But I'm not going if I don't have to. I'm certainly not trying to get a hookup out of it <laughs> with some somebody with a But you a wouldn't fast turn pass. down the hookup, though, right? Like if you knew no, you were going to get lucky, yeah. but you had to go on the vortex with this chick, are you riding it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all I wanted to know. <laughs> no question. We're simple dudes. Vortex yeah. ride, getting lucky, let's go. Is this anything? Uh, Hollywood A-lister Ryan Reynolds filmed and posted his colonoscopy recently. Oh, goodness. Uh, listen, he tells you how it may have saved his life, and he also plugs his vodka. Take a listen. I was able to find an extremely subtle polyp. Potentially life-saving for you. I'm not being overly dramatic. I, I mean, love I, it. you had no symptoms. Yeah. Seriously, thank you for pushing me to do this. Can't believe you pumped all that aviation gin into my IV. Nice <laughs> out. Could have ended up developing into cancer and causing all sorts of problems. Instead, you're not only diagnosing the polyp, you're taking it out. So nobody would know that they had this. But he reached the age of screening, 45. He got a routine screening, and there you go. And that's why people need to do this. This saves lives, pure and simple. Does everything have to be a plug? <laughs> really, Ryan Reynolds, you're worth tens of millions, if not, you know, hundred million dollars oh uh, yeah did you pump my blood full of my vodka here you go here's a bottle of it uh no i think the colonoscopy thing's important i had mine research have you did you have yours in did we this upcoming year because i turned 45 here in a couple weeks okay so once i hit that uh oh, yeah. four or five Your then insurance. it's game on yeah mine uh, i mean i i don't want to scare anybody away from it the the prep is much worse than the actual procedure right the night pretty, before it was pretty pretty miserable you got to clean yourself out you got to chug all this these diuretics or whatever that's that just makes you're on the toilet all night long uh and but, that's yeah, worse than stuff go going back, in your butt and i have yeah well because yeah because they give you the the propofol I mean, it was like, uh, what's his name? Dr. Conrad Dr. Murray. Michael Jackson's doctor <laughs> shooting me up. I my, my worst fear was like I start to black out after I they pump that stuff in my veins and Conrad Murray slowly <laughs> hovers over me. Maybe, maybe we'll get the dosage right this time. He peeps out from behind a curtain. <laughs> Is he out yet? <laughs> yeah, that, that guy was the guy that killed Michael Jackson accidentally with the propofol. 
Uh, but no, that was nothing compared to. Uh, and I got to go back in a couple of years because I had like three, I had three of those things up in there, those polyps or whatever you call them. Yeah, this is my year. This is uh, my year. So you think you'll do it this year? Like, yeah, I'll yeah, go in better, to get things checked out, man. Yeah. Like, I better be safe than sorry. Now I'm not looking forward to it. I don't think you know. Anybody wakes up in the morning and goes, all right, is it time to go get that colonoscopy? <laughs> but, you know, if it keeps you yeah. safe, then I'll absolutely yep. do that. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. Wow, that's really loud. <laughs> Jason Hander is here. This guy, Tim Ryan, is a congressman in Ohio. Uh, he's running for Senate against uh, Republican J.D. Vance. And uh, this is a guy that's trying to go down the middle of the road. He's trying to be a uniter. Uh, he's trying to be a moderate. He's another reality. fraud because he's a complete yeah, leftist. Absolutely. And here he is today in an interview talking about this. Was, actually, I believe this was yesterday. Listen to what he says about uh, Republicans here. The Democrats aren't right on everything. And I'm willing to sit down and have conversations about how we can move oh. out of this age of stupidity okay. and into an age of reconciliation and reform. How do we fix all of these broken systems? Some of those answers will come from Republicans. Not not the extremists that we're dealing with every single day. We've got to kill and confront that movement. Oh, Ooh, hello. Oh, going to kill and confront Republicans. Boy, any more uh, hardcore, that's going to sound a little insurrection wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said he's talking about the movement. Do, oh. we give him the, the, do we give this guy the benefit of the doubt is what I'm asking here. Because lately, the, the rhetoric from the left has been pretty intense when it comes to... Can you just play... I want you, I want you to play the very end where he says that again. This is not, not the extremists that we're dealing with every single day. We've got to kill and confront that movement. So kill and confront... What's he... I just I want to know what his views of extremists are. Is like are they, is he talking about the extremists that Biden was talking about a few weeks ago? Biden implying that half of the Americans are terrorists. If you, you voted kill... for Donald Trump, does Tim Ryan want to confront and kill you? Yeah, I mean, like a Democrat politician get murdering a journalist in Vegas. Ask that guy Jeff German if he deserves the benefit of the doubt. Look, you have Kamala Harris on the record calling the Supreme Court activists. They're, it's an activist court. Is that in the same genre as extremists and activists? I, I, there, you know, there were assassination attempts on Supreme Court justices. I don't know. Tim Ryan, I don't think you give him the benefit of the doubt because I can damn well guarantee you if a Republican said that, we've got to kill the uh, extremists in the Democratic Party then the tables would be turned. I mean, you, right. can, you can spend an entire summer, uh, the summer of love 2020, burning down police precincts and minority-owned businesses. Uh, but, but it's <laughs> just, it's unbelievable to me that they get away with this stuff and people should be aware. I mean, it, it, it kind of sounds like a call to action. I'm sorry, it does. You don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore because I... It would not happen with uh, with anybody in the Republican Party, especially after you have Kamala Harris calling Supreme Court activists, especially after you have the Department of Justice uh, refusing to uh, remove Antifa members from uh, protesting in front of Supreme Court justices' houses, uh, especially when you have assassination attempts made on Supreme Court. They hear somebody like Tim Ryan say, "We got to extreme, we got to confront and kill these uh, extremists." 
Uh, sorry to me, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. I mean, Tiffany Cross, for God's sake, MSNBC saying we're in a civil war. Did she ever suffer any re repercussions because of that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Somebody's going to hear that. Wait, we're in a literal civil war in this country? It, it's, it's, it's nonstop, and it's been like that way for years. For years, the left has been uh, talking and uh, in, invoking violent rhetoric. Mas Maxine Waters harassing administration officials. If you see anybody from the cabinet in a restaurant, a department store, a gasoline station, uh, you get out and create a crowd. You you push them. Uh, Ted Cruz, Stacey Abrams, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Abrams, uh, the press secretary. Who am I? Uh, Sanders, I'm sorry. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Ted Cruz. People like that getting chased out of restaurants. Kavanaugh getting chased uh, out of a restaurant recently by activists and extremists. What about that? So is Tim Ryan, are we going to get his cell phone as he's pulling through the Hardy's drive-thru like the pillow guy? And if you go back probably even the last five to eight years, they're going to view January 6th as the end-all to be-all. But I'm asking you, what's worse, January 6th or a lunatic inspired by Bernie Sanders that actually shoots and tries to kill Republicans at a softball practice? Of course. But you have you have Tim Ryan, a guy that's running for Senate, saying must confront and kill Republicans. It's 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 really it's really out of line, and he should be. I, I don't know. Merrick Garland might want to investigate that. <laughs> Merrick Garland's too busy having his guy shake down the my pillow guy. You don't you don't get the benefit of the doubt for saying. Well, uh, he was talking about the the movement, and he wasn't literally talking about killing. When all, you know, this past year, it's been nothing, but there's there's been an attempt on a Supreme Court justice's life, for God's sake. And these are the rules that the left created. Like of 20 course. years ago, if you hear somebody say that, you'd probably think to yourself, okay, he's probably talking about the movement. But the left, they've gone full Greg Brady exact words here. They want to live by exact words. Remember when Donald Trump was speaking, uh, I think it was on January 6th, before the action took place over at the Capitol building. Every word he said in his speech has been broken down, and they're looking at that as a call to action. They impeached him, basically. Absolutely. Over that speech. Absolutely. But Tim Ryan can get up here and say that. Maxine Waters can get up here and say that. The hypocrisy from the left is staggering. They are the party of, don't worry about what we say and what we do. You worry about you. Our rules are different compared to you. And we think you're too stupid to understand that we get privileged to break those rules. We can say these things. You can't. We can go out during a pandemic. You can't. It's ridiculous. Um, inflation, Nige, according to a new study, it's keeping marriages together. <laughs> it's just too expensive to get rid of my my blank wife so i gotta i gotta stay married to her is that what i i just i'm looking at the headline here i'm not re, i hadn't read into it yet is you're absolutely it right it's too expensive to go through the divorce process right now <laughs> people don't have money for yeah. an attorney nobody wants to give anything up at this point uh this was from divorceanswers.com they surveyed 3026 couples and determined how many relationships 
are being held together by the high cost of living in this country. <laughs> One third, 38% of the couples say that if they wanted to separate from their partner, they could not afford to live somewhere on their own well, right now. I, I got news for you. I got some buddies of mine that are divorced, and they would have gone homeless rather than stay in the same <laughs> house with their ex-wife. So, okay, that might be uh, a, a point here with inflation, but, yeah, there's some guys that would rather go uh, stay at the Wheeler Mission uh, full-time than stay in their house w- with their wife another minute. Right. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I understand that. But if you don't have a horrible relationship, right. uh, maybe you can just ride it out a little bit. Or maybe you want to try to work it out. Yeah, ride it out, work it out, see a therapist. Of course, you can't afford a therapist now these right. days. <laughs> if you can't afford to get divorced, you can't afford a therapist. You're Just really screwed. find a show that you guys can watch together yeah. that you can agree on, and just everybody keep your mouth shut, <laughs> at least for a little while. That's the key to a successful marriage. <laughs> find a show you can watch together on Netflix. <laughs> uh, the Washington Post, they've got a study out on college majors, and they find that nearly 50% of the people who study in humanities or the arts ultimately regret that choice as a college major. (laughs) Not only that, but we're all paying for it now. Right. Uh, Not far behind that, 45% of the people surveyed uh, who studied social and behavioral sciences also wish they picked a little something different. Why? Well, because you're not finding work, you're not getting paid well for the work, and it costs an awful lot of money to get that degree that doesn't really do anything. Does it cost you a lot of money? Because, again, uh, didn't they just pass the debt forgiveness bill? That's true. I wonder if this hmm. survey was done before Biden started passing out free money. That's an interesting point. Uh, but when I see these ridiculous majors, I'm reminded of the movie PCU starring Jeremy Piven, where he's talking about ridiculous majors and people who need yeah. thesis statements are coming to his room. Yes, that's the beauty of college these days, Tommy. You can major in Game Boy if you know how to bullshit. What's your major? Uh, Sanskrit. Sanskrit. You're majoring in a 5,000-year-old dead language. Yeah. Latin. It's the best I can do. Next. Phys ed. Phys ed. Okay, st- you're out of my room. Seriously, get out. <laughs> PCU's a great movie, man. It's so hard to find right now. Like, if you try to find PCU on any streaming service. Really? Because I wanted to show uh, Chris the movie because I think he would enjoy it. I don't know if there's some sort of collusion between the streaming services or what. You cannot find that movie anywhere. Interesting, yeah. Well, it is. It's not a movie you could make in 2022, for sure. I mean, it holds up, though, because it's making fun of all the ridiculous things that college has to offer, and it's tough to find. So if anybody has it on DVD, cherish that thing, because it's nowhere to be found on streaming, at least not that I found. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I think it's awesome. The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. You rock. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Coming up after 5 o'clock, keeping an eye on Joe Biden and still uh, facing some fallout over the little party he had yesterday. The little... uh, 
inflation relief party. It's been four weeks since the inflation relief bill passed. Let's have a party. James Taylor's going to sing. It's a celebration. And meanwhile, inf- inflation's up. Every day, the price, gas, gas prices eh, down a little bit, but it's no thanks to him. And it's, it's funny because the news coverage yesterday was they had it right on Joe Biden. They had him. They were covering his big speech, his big celebration speech. And they all interrupted the speech when those numbers came out. <laughs> and so we have audio of that. It's it's really, really funny. And uh, we'll get to that after 5 o'clock. Someone did a blind taste test of microwave popcorn and ranked the results. Uh, I, I can't say I disagree with this. We First of all, in our family, we just got the Kirkland brand of microwavable popcorn for the kids they love it that's this that's kind of that's the brand you buy at costco right but do you guys have a, a certain go-to brand in the hammer household in terms of microwave popcorn dude chris hammer is a popcorn aficionado his favorite is the orville redenbacher's pour over popcorn so the butter comes in this little pouch and you make the it popcorn separate well, it, with I don't, it, you yeah, pour yeah, yeah. it over the top. Yeah. Oh, I've never had that. Now, Orville Redenbacher's movie theater butter is number one from this taste test, uh, and so is Orville Redenbacher. But I didn't know. I didn't know there was one that had like the extra butter that comes with it. Yeah, the pour, the pour over it. popcorn, man, it's awesome. Uh, number so that's one. Uh, Cousin Willie's. I know you Cousin Willie. Do yeah. you really? No, I've never heard of that. Cro- On the, the box, it's this dude who looks like Uncle Jesse from Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> He's got like this hat on, his white hair sticking out. That's Cousin long Willie. Be- long white beard? I think there's a beard. I can't remember, but I think you're right. Uh the Kroger movie theater butter. We've had that before. I think that's pretty good. And then Trader Joe's rounding out the top five. Uh some people like to act too. Butter you lovers. Yeah, the butter the, the, the butter lovers. Uh, pop secrets in there yeah. in, the, in the bottom half and then skinny pop butter is number 11 i don't know i'm, I'm not I don't sure think i've ever that had is. that yeah anything with the word skinny in it any <laughs> any sort of food or drink with the word skinny in it like my wife orders these skinny martinis all the time or skinny margaritas right I, i'll take if i'm at a bar and my wife orders a skinny margarita what are you having sir i'm asking for the fat margarita <laughs> i don't want anything to do with skinny when Re- i'm eating that kind of stuff remember when you were kids and i don't know if you were a fat kid or not i think you were actually pretty skinny but i was a fat yeah, kid I'd look like i had a crack problem yeah and uh the term they use to describe fat kids is husky <laughs> Like you'd go clothes yeah. shopping. Sure. Oh, let's take you to the husky, husky section. section. Yeah, the yeah. country strong section. <laughs> the corn fed white boy section. <laughs> right. Oh man, yeah. Yep. This is a good popcorn list, though, and uh, I'll run this by Chris Hammer tonight. I'll give him but, the mean, opportunity to respond. The, the popcorn you get at like the Indians game or the movie theaters. You can't replicate that. Those right. th- those kinds are the best. Have you ever taken a little candy bar, like a little Snickers or a Milky Way, and like mixed it up into the popcorn to let it melt and get a little chocolate in there too? Oh, that's a, that's next level fat right there, man. <laughs> I'm that's sorry, I think you meant husky. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here as Horrible Optics yesterday for the Biden administration. They're having this party over the inflation relief bill. 
Uh, you know, James Taylor has been hired to be the entertainment. They're all partying. They're celebrating. And then the actual inflation numbers come out. <laughs> and it was funny. You watching the networks, like I was mentioning in the last segment, you watch the networks. And uh, Joe Biden's given this victory speech. He gets angry in some of it, like starts, uh, you know, starts shaking his fists at the clouds and being all demonstrative. <laughs> and But, uh, you know, it's really just a celebratory uh, tone about how uh, the Inflation Relief Act is a success. You know, inflation was flat last month, and then all of a sudden the numbers come out, right? And it's a total 180 of what they were expecting. They were ready to have a party. The band was booked. They got all their friends there. Uh, crying Chuck's there. Pelosi flew in on her broom. This was a big deal. Oh. <laughs> but then the numbers came out, and it wasn't good. The inflation went up. The consumer price index, that went up. And we started breaking down all of the other prices. Foods, goods and services, travel, all of it, sky high. The stuff for me is is the grocery bill, uh, the foods, up 10% over last year. Th that's 10 11%. And then, of course, gas, which they try to brag and say, well, it's down $1.50. It's still way up before from where you took office, bro. And it's, natural it's gas is going to be a huge problem this winter. Yeah. It's going to be a sky-high expensive winter unless things get right with natural gas. So <laughs> we were wondering, you know, right? I used to be a promotions director. I was involved in an event planning, some pretty big, high-profile events, like the fireworks and Monument Circle. Sure. Uh, you know, I was a part of that planning for years. Well... You always had a contingency plan in case things don't go the way you want, whether it's weather, whether it's safety, or in this case, a tremendously bad report on the economy. You can't go forward with a good party on the economy when the numbers are bad. So whoever let Joe Biden do that deserves to be fired. Well, not only that, I, I mean, do you think there's an element of they had the wrong, they had some predictions in mind, they had some forecasting that was bad, and they said, oh wow, these you think these are the numbers that are going to come out? All right, let's have a party on the day these numbers come out. And that's probably true, but the numbers came out in the morning, and the party didn't start until three. But that was still, still too late, I think, to cancel that thing. Oh, it's never too late. I, don't I mean. Know. Hillary Clinton had to cancel Katy Perry. It can be done. Remember on election <laughs> night, there was going to be Katy Perry and the glass ceiling. The glass ceiling, sure. And all of it. Yeah, you can tell Katy to go home now. We're we're not going to need her services. Uh, but she but, still got paid, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. You hired James Taylor. You're still letting James Taylor play. Right. And maybe we can talk to Casey about this when she comes on here at 530. Um if you've been in radio yeah. long enough, right. you know right, that right. there are ways to doctor events and cancel events without everybody getting upset. All you got to do is say, uh, the president has a meeting that he has to go to. It's an urgent meeting, but enjoy James Taylor. And and even and still, even if inflation had went down or was flat again, it's still embarrassing. It's still high. The optics of them celebrating while inflation is still through the roof, even if it had gone down a couple of uh, tenths of a point or whatever, is ridiculous. Do you understand that? I mean, bragging about how low gas prices are 
when they were through the roof just a few months ago and they've only come down a dollar fifty. It's still way more than what it was before you were president. Brah. <laughs> you jacked up the prices yeah. and then you lowered it just a little bit and you shook your finger at us and said you're welcome. <laughs> It doesn't work that way, but this is pretty funny. I want you to listen to this. This was uh, Fox News's coverage of this big hoot nanny they had in the Rose Garden, and when Joe Biden starts rolling, they decide to just basically cut him off. Pharma block Medicare from negotiating lower drug practices prices. All right, I do not want to be a party crasher, but we interrupt this celebration for a hard, cold dose of reality. Stocks tanking because inflation is accelerating. The very inflation that the president said he's made great progress addressing, heralding his Inflation Reduction Act as the boon for the economy that we didn't see in a key number out earlier today. Well and in the background, you still hear Joe just <laughs> flapping those dentures, walking around, getting loud, getting soft, doing everything and in between. And man, CNN did the exact same thing, if that gives you any idea how bad it is. And it wasn't really a good party anyway. This should have been friendly fire there, right? Pelosi went up to speak a little bit. Chuck Schumer's there. Listen to how dead the crowd is. Pelosi basically has to tell them when to <laughs> applaud. Mr. President, thank you for unifying and inspiring a vision of a stronger, safer future for all, for our children. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. I, that's an applause line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a bunch of dolts. What a dullard. I mean, what an awful party to go to. When that 82-year-old great-grandma says, uh, can you applause, please? And here oh. to whip this crowd into a frenzy is James Taylor. <laughs> Wow. If Pelosi didn't do it for you, <laughs> here's James Taylor to rock your socks off. <laughs> so based off what we just heard from Nancy Pelosi, I think it's time for great moments in telling people to clap history. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, Amy Klobuchar. And every single time I have run, I have won every single congressional district in my state, including Michelle Bachman's. Okay? That's when you guys are supposed to cheer. Okay? Oh, All right. So. embarrassing. Boy, you think about people that can work a crowd into a frenzy, yeah. Amy Klobuchar. And of course, you can't do great moments and telling people to clap history without the number one seed in this category ladies and gentlemen jeb bush i think the next president needs to be a lot quieter but send a signal that we're prepared to act in the national security interests of this country to get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world please clap <laughs> There it is. <laughs> Great moments in telling people to clap history. Hence the nickname, Low Energy Jeb. <laughs> Can't touch this. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Can't touch this. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. And we have a special guest on the drive, Hubler.com hotline. She is crazy. She is a coupon lady. Yeah. She is Mrs. Hammer. Crystal Hammer joins us. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Nigel? And how are you, fat ass? I'm good. Thank you. 
I hey, love you too. Well, uh, hey, Crystal, you're the crazy yeah. coupon lady's catching on. I was down at the Zionsville Fall Festival Parade Saturday. Ran into a, a friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while. Her name's Amy, and she's like, I follow the coupon lady all the time. I follow all her deals. <laughs> she's like, I'm still learning. Sometimes I don't get everything, um, but I'm still working at it. And it's great. I think it's crazy how much money that she's saved. So you, I mean, it's starting to catch on a little bit. I do think there's still people out there though that that look and see what you do and say oh my gosh how does she do it this is a little much for me but it can be done with a little work in terms of saving money using coupons using the rebate apps and stuff like that you just have to take your time and go one step right like it's baby steps you do you have and i always tell people when you first start out to start small don't do big orders because you, that gives you more room to you know make mistakes um but what i love about the couponing community is we all work together to help each other. I mean, I have people that are sending me messages on, you know, social media or text messages saying, Hey, I just happened to be looking through my coupons and I found this deal. Um, in fact, one of the deals I'm going to talk about today, um, my friend, uh, Holly, um, sent me a text message this morning that was telling me a couple of coupons that she found on the Kroger, uh, website. So I love how we all help each other, um, try to save money. Now, I want to get to that deal in just a moment, but we need to address yeah. something. The way you say the word deal makes you sound like a hillbilly. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, Hold on. What? <laughs> because, Crystal, this is where the Tennessee girl in her comes out a little bit. This is where the Dixieland delight comes out. She says the word deal, D-E-A-L, yeah. like it's a pickle, a dill. 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 I got a dill got for you. dill for you. <laughs> since you have pointed that out when i make my videos now i'm constantly having to re-record because i i'm like catching myself saying it and i hate you for it <laughs> i wasn't uh I, I may or may not have noticed that before but i wasn't gonna bring it up i would have thought that would have been rude you're saving people money here you're doing us a favor by coming on this segment and now your husband's pointing out your uh your your tennessee accent there, there are times that um my my few years that i lived in tennessee that um i do i do say uh, a couple words no. differently but i don't mean to um and when i get mad you you really hear my uh, tennessee accent come out. <laughs> um the, my friend that i ran into she's like i can't believe how much money she saves and how much she has deposited back into her account and and the big picture is really with with what we found out yesterday with inflation still going up and yeah. grocery prices 10 10 11 percent of what they were last year this what you're doing here and teaching people how to do is extremely important you know and and i'm going to actually start uh doing like spreadsheets where i can track exactly what i'm spending how much i'm saving um because even some of these rebate apps are starting to catch on i mean everybody's hurting um in fact that leads me to um ibotta they have changed a couple of rules on the rebate app that we now have to keep a close eye on because if you notice with my deals i like to do what i call double stack and that's where you can add a digital coupon to a product plus get a rebate back with ibotta um, now there are certain products that you have to read the fr fine print because it says it cannot be used with a digital coupon or paper coupon and a rebate. So hmm. we have to close eye on that as well now. 
and you make mistakes too. And I think that makes a lot of others oh, yeah. that are trying to do this or maybe they're having a hard time picking up how to do it properly feel a little bit better that even you have some issues from time to time. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was one time that I went out and I thought I was going to get this fabulous deal on air freshener for the house, which when you're you live with three boys. Um, That's your fault. You made the tacos that night. That's on you, little lady. So I thought I was getting this great deal where I was actually going to make money on this air freshener. And I went out and bought it. And then when I got home to scan it into Ibotta, I realized oh, man, that rebate was only for Walmart. It wasn't for the store that we went to. So I had to pay full price for all those bottles of, you know, air freshener because I had made this mistake that I didn't check to see what vendors that rebate was under. Hey, Crystal, before we get to your uh, deals for this, week, <laughs> for this week, do you ever look at um, – and I don't even know if this is a thing or not, because I heard uh, Rob uh, Casey ask you about this today, Hammer. Um, coupons or deals on clothing? Um, or is the fact that you can go many different places from Goodwill to Facebook Marketplace to, you know, many different places to get clothes, whereas there's only a certain amount of places you can go to get food and, and deals on that. Do you ever look at that at all? You know, <laughs> I've been blessed that, you know, with both of my kids, um, you know, they're only grandchildren within two families. So they, they get blessed with a lot of clothing. So I'd never really have okay. to buy a lot of clothes. But I didn't know if that was I a thing say, or not in the couponing community. Well, I mean, you can use your Ibotta app. Honestly, if you were to log on to Ibotta on a computer, I would recommend doing it on a computer. A phone's a little bit harder. Um, you can shop places like um, Old Navy and Target um, and other places like that. And then they give you like 1% to 2%, sometimes even up to 5% back in cash oh, wow. into your iPod account. Okay. All right. So maybe next uh, couple of weeks, he'll, we'll try to put together like a clothing deal. That's your assignment. Try to work together some sort of clothing deal. Okay. Can you do that? I can do that. I'll, I'll see what I can do. All right. What is this uh, zero sugar Coke thing that uh, you told me to bring into Nige here? Well, okay. So this Ooh. is from my friend Holly uh, that sent me a text message this morning. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's Coke plus coffee, vanilla flavored, zero sugar. Coke plus um, coffee, zero yeah. sugar, vanilla. There's a lot going on there. It's a lot going on there. Um, but those are normally $1.79 at Kroger, and they're part of the Kroger Weekly Digital Deals. Thank you. And, <laughs> um, so you could get them actually for $0.79 cents each, but there's an Ibotta uh, rebate for $0.50, cents, or I'm sorry, $0.25 cents off. No, I take that back. I'm sorry. $0.50 cents off each one, making them just $0.29 cents each. So you can get these, like, little cans here, and this is a pretty tall, slender can. Yeah, it's like, so So if you want an alternative to, like, a Monster Energy drink, the Coke Zero yeah. coffee in a can, this is not bad at all. I like it, yeah. And you got yeah. this for 29 cents? 29 cents. 29 cents. And the reason why I do some of those deals like that, oh, God, I just said it again. Um <laughs> Um, like, I think I gave Nigel earlier this week a Starbucks energy drink. Yeah, thank because, you. It's good. Yeah, 
Um, because it was two forty nine at Walmart, but when you buy it, you get $2.49 back, so it's free. And I like to do those little deals because it helps me to get to my bonuses that I – Ibotta gives you bonuses. Okay. That So, like, there's a weekend warrior bonus, and then there's usually a midweek bonus that you can get. And it's – so like, if you do so many rebates, you get a, an additional $3 added to your account. So if I can do some things like that, that they're free or very low out-of-pocket costs, then I will do them just so that I can try to hit the the midweek you know bonuses or the weekend warrior bonuses. Right. So we got about a minute left here. What's the deal that you've got for us today? And we'll post this online when you wrap it up. Okay, well, it includes uh, the Coke Plus coffee that we just talked about, but also at Kroger, if you get some of the L'Oreal L-Buy shampoo and conditioners, you can buy one of each. They're regularly $3.49, but they are on Kroger Weekly Digital for $1.99 each. But there is a $3 off two coupon that makes them just $0.98 for both of them. Um, and then I also picked up some Arm & Hammer toothpaste. It's regular priced at $3.49. There's a Kroger digital coupon for $1.50 off, making it just $1.99 out of pocket. But Ibotta is going to give you $2 back, making it completely free. So you get all of that for the low, low price of about what? Basically. $3 plus tax. Not bad. Solid. We'll get this posted online at Hammer and Nigel, Facebook and Twitter. Crazy Coupon Lady, how can we follow you? Uh, you can follow me on uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just look me up. Uh, Crystal, spelled C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L, Hammer. Thank you so much. Crazy Coupon Lady, love you. Thanks, Crystal. Love you, too. Bye. All right, coming up next, Casey Daniels and the side piece. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Casey Daniels from the Kendall and Casey Show joining us for the side piece. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me in today. Yesterday, uh, there was a big party uh, out at the White House. I know. Everybody like dosy doing and James Taylor playing live, and they're all celebrating the uh, inflation reduction bill. We're four weeks in, and I maybe think Joe Biden got some bad information. They thought that maybe (laughs) this inflation report that was coming out that was going to be it was going to be good. It was it was flat last month, and they mm-hmm. thought, boy, it's going to be even better this month. Well, yeah. it's up. It's worse. Yeah, and they're all spending buco amounts of tax dollars having the celebration. I wonder what you thought yesterday when you saw them celebrating, and then several TV networks interrupting Joe Biden's speech <laughs> to go to the crashing stock market and mm-hmm. the uh, the report on inflation. Well, that's doesn't that just sum it up for you right yeah. there? We're going to interrupt this party you're having <laughs> to show you what's going on with the stock market. Yeah, that's scary. What what are they celebrating? Price of gas still more expensive than when he took office. The price of groceries. You guys, I did a deep dive into the grocery thing because, you know, it's really easy for us to say the cost of food is so much higher. And have you looked at your grocery bill? Yes, we all know. But let's break it down. Yeah. Can we? Do you sure. mind? Yeah. Please. Do you like an egg? Do you I like will a, enjoy an egg. A scrambled they make me egg. fart, though. <laughs> like, my wife won't make me a lot of scrambled eggs or stuff because I 
whatever reason, they just come right out of me. Mm-hmm. Well, farting or not, <laughs> they're nearly 40% higher than they were a year That's ago. That's unbelievable. So I mean, maybe it's not the farting. She's not. Is there a chicken eggs. shortage or something like? Why, why are eggs so much more expensive? The price of chicken rose sixteen percent in oh. the past year. Margarine is up thirty eight percent. Butter twenty four percent. Flour twenty three percent. Crackers seventeen percent. Baked goods eighteen percent. And this one's funny. Frankfurters they're up eighteen percent. Lunch meat because you know right now when we're sending the kids to school sure. packing their lunches yeah. that lunch meat the price rose 18%. So what I'm hearing right here is things that you need to make breakfast for your kids, Mm -hmm. things that you need to make lunch for your kids, Mm -hmm. everything is more expensive. Yeah, and you're thinking, oh, you know what? I'm going to eat healthy, right? You've been doing it. You've been working out, losing weight. Fresh fruits and vegetables are up 7%, and lettuce is up 15%. It's so expensive to eat healthy. I mean, it was expensive before, but with Biden's economy, it's almost like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to make biscuits and gravy and eat cereal all day now. <laughs> I'm just going to eat beans all the time. It right. is the largest spike in groceries since 1979. Oh, wow. I mean, it's up 10, 11% overall last year. I mean, think about that number compared to last year, Casey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not just food. Of course, we know health insurance is up. How? has gone absolutely bananas. It's so bad that even Cardi B is tweeting about it. She said, how are people surviving? That's the question. How are we doing this? Yeah, people have to make tough choices when it comes to the grocery and filling up their gas. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Gas has come down. Well, thank God, because had it not, it it would not be manageable at this point. But it's still way above... Where right. it was Not when Trump down. was still in office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. It's still a dollar more than when he was in office. So, you know, nobody's buying new cars. So that means you got to make your car last longer, which means you got to get your regular oil changes and maintenance. So the car service industry, in my opinion, is going to be okay. I and think oil you- changes are up too. If anybody's yeah. had to go. You know, do an yeah, oil yeah, change yeah. if you don't change it yourself, mm-hmm. or even if you do, going to buy it—it's so much more expensive. Casey, I had a—I I think the used car prices, the average price, has come down a little bit. But I had a guy that you know he wanted to buy something new for his 16-year-old or something used. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. it was cheaper and made more sense to buy something brand new mm-hmm. rather than make an investment into a used car. That's My wife crazy. did that. She went out and got a new car last year because when you weigh out the pros and the cons here, it was cheaper. So I got an email from AES, and it was telling me how my bill is going up. From what? AES. Your electric bill. My electric bill, right? And they said that the fuel adjustment charge is coming to my bill, and if I use 1,000 kilowatts of electricity, I will see a monthly increase of approximately $15. Well, I looked at the bill to see how much kilowatts I do use, and it was 1,400, so more than the 1,000. Oh, so, my so bill's, you owe extra. Yeah, my bill's going to go up about 20 bucks a month, so of course, Rob had to figure that out, and you know, that's over $200 a year. It's well, a, extra. It's the a, same electricity. What was the extra charge now? 
What's it for? Fuel? A fuel adjustment charge. Uh, Back to old fuel. Mm -hmm. All right. And by the way, we can thank the Saudis. We don't thank Joe Biden for the uh, the gas prices that have been lowered, even though they're still higher than when he took office. It's the Saudis pumping out more oil, and of course, uh, the depletion of our own strategic petroleum reserves. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to go back to the party at the White House, though. (laughs) Again, Casey, you've been in radio for a while. We all have been in radio for a while Mm -hmm. you know when you're planning an event Mm -hmm. that if something gets a little squirrely there's a way that you can cancel said event Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so whose idea was it to have all systems go and to continue this party knowing that the numbers that came out contradict everything that you're trying to celebrate in the rose garden yeah they just think they're just lying straight to us and i'm so sick of it i don't know i didn't even know like that's the thing like yes his inner circle they're lying to you they're basically saying ah eh, screw it we already paid for james taylor let's right. go ahead and go mm-hmm. here and that's it i think they got bad information before the numbers actually came out you think so A bad prediction that sure party started though after the cpi was released but to continue the party, right? Because the party started at three. Mm-hmm. And for Biden to go up there and not knowing what he's talking about, fine. I'm willing to accept that. He probably has dementia. But the inner circle, mm-hmm. you have to know, yeah, we're going to cancel this today. Uh, we're going to come up with some excuse. Uh, the president's being called into another meeting. president's or, going on vacation again. Right. Mm-hmm. Something, something like warrants that, sure. his attention. So, I mean, you have to cancel that, right? Yeah, fake something. Something came up. We can't have it today. Well, James, right. James Taylor was there, so they had to move forward with it. I mean, you know, they're not going to send him packing, right? No, just make him play out there. It's like, <laughs> you know what? The president can't attend today. He's not going to make a speech, but... Uh, play for the crowd. Here's James Taylor. So, Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked about the Inflation Reduction Act and if it's going to help short term. Of course, she had no answer for it. And at this no. point, I feel not Corrine Jean Pierre. <laughs> I feel bad for her almost. Before it was just like, oh, she's just awful at her job, right? But now I almost feel empathy for her. Like she is so ill equipped to do this job, and they're just sending her out there. Just a flat-out lie, gaslight, manipulate. You're or... nicer than I am because she got that job because she checked boxes. Yeah. She wasn't the most qualified, but, oh, she's black. Oh, she's, you know, not straight. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's young. She might be dating a CNN reporter or a correspondent. <laughs> like, she was not qualified, but she checked all the woke boxes. So that's why I don't feel a damn bit of pity for her. Well, I, it's almost like she's the sacrificial lamb. Like, they're just sending her out there knowing she's gonna lie and yet she continues to do it so that's where she gets my empathy as kind of wow girl why are you putting yourself well, if in you're that knowing if you're day? if you're knowingly lying to mm-hmm. people i don't i don't think you deserve empathy but if you don't know what you're doing and you're incompetent that's another story is it a lie and if you believe it <laughs> ask, ask george costanza yeah. what right. we got on the side piece oh my gosh it's this weirdest thing uh i see the sign all the time on my way home and it is indiana's medical history museum have you heard of this place I think I've seen the sign before. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where I it's at, but I feel it. like I've seen no. that sign. So, well, that's what I wrote about on the side piece. You can check it out right now at WIBC.com. Go where blogs. is it? Do you know? Um, it is, well, it's the west side of town. Okay. If you take Washington heading west, and then you'll take a right. Is it by Old Central State? It is exactly there. Okay. That's okay. Like I know where the that old is. 
pathology building, but they have preserved brains, and yeah. there's an autopsy room. Dude, there's cool. some stories about Central State over there. Well, and that's what I've heard, that the psychics go in there, and they're like, ooh, you know, uh, the past. Man, place- I did a college thesis paper on what was going on at Central State. Believe it or not, a great piece of work from me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, man, I had witnesses telling me that it was just so gross what they were doing to those patients in there. Well, Unbelievable. You can tour it as a museum, a history of medical I want to go. Equipment. Um, there's also a big garden out. It's got a, uh, you know, medicinal herbs and stuff like that. So you can tour. The grown weed out there? Grown weed? <laughs> I didn't see any if weed. If it's a central state, is it made out of people? <laughs> Ew. Um, yeah, but all the information Soil is Soylent green is people! <laughs> <laughs> Where's the side piece at? Uh, WIBC.com. Just go to blogs and then select the side piece. Casey, thank you. Thanks, hey, Casey. thanks for having me. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. An entire hour of the Hammer and Nigel Show coming up after 6 o'clock. More sweetheart plea deals that leads to homicides in the city. It's a theme we've been talking about for a long time. We had a story yesterday of a violent criminal. Got out on a sweetheart plea deal only to go and kill his girlfriend when he got out. He'll be behind bars for 60 years. We had, we had that story is 60 years a little too short, for my opinion. Especially when you consider that the first time he was put into jail, yeah. it was for beating that woman with a hammer. So that was yesterday. Today we have another story somewhat similar, and it'll make you outraged. You're not going to believe it. And it's all because of the prosecutor's office and the judge's and, uh, yeah, you know what? We realized that you used a lethal weapon to beat and abuse your girlfriend. But, you know what? We'll just slap a GPS monitor on you, right? And uh, that'll take care of it all. Uh, also, interesting news going on in Fishers. Big news, actually. That is all coming up after 6 o'clock, Hammer. We've got some interesting news from the world of racing. Last time I checked, Indianapolis was indeed the racing capital of the world. Kyle Busch, whether you love him or whether you hate him, NASCAR driver Kyle Busch, two-time champion, he's leaving Joe Gibbs Racing, and he's going to join Richard Childress Racing for next year. He's going to drive the number eight car. So that's news in itself. But what's in his contract is what's making a lot of Indy 500 fans kind of raise an eyebrow. In his new deal with Richard Childress Racing, he can run the Indianapolis 500 as long as it's with a Chevrolet-supported team. I, I like it when the NASCAR guys do that. I like it when I they cross over. It's His fun. brother did that a number of years ago. Yeah. Kurt Busch came, ran the Indy 500, hopped on a chopper, and then ran the NASCAR Coca-Cola 600 shortly afterwards. But, again, I think there's a lot of Indy 500 fans, whether you love them or hate them, you have to agree that Kyle Busch possibly running an Indy 500 race would be a big deal. And how big and how big a deal would it be if if a, a driver in the Indy 500 got done, got in a helicopter, went to a NASCAR race, and like you win the Indy 500? In, like, what are the odds that you win the Indy 500, get out, get in a helicopter, and go to a NASCAR race and win that? I've always well. wondered no, what kidding. it would be like because there's yeah. so many media obligations you have to do as the winner. So Kyle, so Kurt Bush is there. Oh, Kyle Bush. Kyle, Kurt's I, already done. I, it. I get, I get the Bush 
guys confused all the time. Kurt, Kyle, Bush, Bush. Whatever. We've got <laughs> Bush. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm here for that. And also, there was some legal stuff with the uh, IndyCar series over Alex Pillow. Now, Chip Ganassi Racing, they're going to have him around again next year. At one point, he was trying to get out of this contract. Uh, July 12th, Alex Pillow was basically saying, yeah, bite me. I'm going to McLaren Racing. And then Chip Ganassi's guys were like, the blank you are. So they... You know, went to court, did some legal stuff. It was really awkward for a while. But Alex Pillow, one of the great young stars of the IndyCar series, and I'm telling you, had he not had just the worst luck of anybody in that Indy 500 last year, he would have won the race. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.